Hello, hello, and welcome to the Cement Sol cast. My name is Cement Sol. It has been a little while, and that is because I have just gone through a bout of the coronavirus, and I uh, lost my proper speaking voice there for a bit. Uh, it's a little bit better now. I managed to get that recording for the How to Play Video for Five Leagues in this week. This weekend, rather. It was a little bit tricky. The, the mouth has been extra poppy. But other than that, I am over the coronavirus now. I'm back to playing Oathmark, which I am very glad about. I have found someone to play Forbidden Psalm with, and I am working on the Discord. The Cemental Discord. Because that is where I want to base all of my online-centric testing. So hopefully I will find some people willing to play the number of games I want to play to be able to write on some of these systems. In particular, uh, One Page Rules and currently More Time, because we are approaching that More Time goal on my Patreon. Right, if you're not quite aware, this is a podcast where I give my impressions on tabletop miniatures game systems, uh, this is sort of a step in my review process. It is it really helps me organize my thoughts when I actually use spoken word to think about them. The past few episodes have been very useful in narrowing down what exactly I want to work on, which is great. Tonight we will be downing a can of uh, DB Export Gold again. This was left behind by our ex-border, who's gone over to the South Island now. He had one extra can of export gold, which is equivalent to approximately 1.4 standard drinks. So this should be enough for the podcast as we go on. I have been saying since the start that I should get harder liquor, but I just haven't been getting to it. I can be surprisingly busy in the mornings considering I work at nights. The YouTube thing takes a lot of time, go figure. So, tonight we will be talking about, and this has been due, this has been due quite a while, we are talking about a weasel system finally, one of Ivan Sorensen's solo games. We are talking about weasel tech. And I have been raring to go at the system ever since it came out but I just have not been able to do so physically. And I've been trying to figure out how I exactly I want to approach it, because I don't have the collection of Battletech models that a lot of folks on the server, Nordic Weasel Games Discord server, that some of those folks have handy. I've wanted to play Battletech for the longest time, but it sort of passed by, especially locally. Uh, one of my friends, Martin, used to play it, but he sold all his bloody figures just about a year and a half ago. I've got another friend who also plays it, but I'm not sure of the state of his army. Because really all you need to start playing a system is one other interested and passionate person. And you can theoretically go at it indefinitely if you get along well enough. In Weasel Tech's case, however, all you really need is yourself because this is a solo game. And I gotta say, when I was playtesting, because, full disclosure, Ivan gave me a review copy of 
3rd edition 5 leagues. And by review copy, I do mean the copy. I'm pretty sure it's a copy the Patreons got. So it's the full Weasel Experience copy of the 5 leagues rulebook. So he gave me a copy of that months in advance, so I got quite a bit of time to prepare. I rolled up my warband, I got all the models sorted and painted. I painted up an extra set of terrain for it, and then I played the game properly. Spoilers for the upcoming review, I played the game 35? 30-ish, something like that, campaign turns in. I had 16? 16 or 18 combats, just a little bit under what I did for 5 parsecs from home. And I technically played it longer. I played it predominantly on tabletop sim, but when I could, I played it physically as well. Because my flow now is I play it on tabletop sim first, and then when the models develop a bit of character, rather when the characters, when the heroes develop a bit of character through the mechanics, I start to model them, because then I have a little bit of guidance. Uh, for five leagues, I believe I played about four games before I started the modeling proper. I think I lost a model in that period. I think I lost a follower. I can't quite remember when exactly I lost a follower. For Weasel Tech, I'll be doing the same. So I've played three games now. Four games? Yeah, I've done two of the scenario, the starter scenario. I, I did that twice. I've done two rounds of the campaign, full rounds, full on. Like, every rule in the book has been running. And yeah, I gotta say, when I was playing Five Leagues, I thought I thought that it was going to be like a pretty sure thing that Five Leagues would be my favorite solo weasel system going forward. But but then I play Weasel Tech, and man. It, it might just be the novelty at this point, but the social system that is really working for me. I, you may have seen the graphic that I put up on the Nordic Weasel Games Discord server. The little visual chart of my... It is a squadron that is two turns in, including the initial roles for social uh, random events. And it's already gotten quite busy. Folks have been getting XP out of the social system considerably more than they have been getting out of the combat, which is quite funny. And yeah, just that aspect of it, it like breathes a narrative instantly into the proceedings and it does so in a way that is markedly different from how five leagues and how five parsecs does it because well all of these systems they all run on mechanical emergent narrative generation right parsecs and five leagues parsecs in particular is probably the most reactive of these systems in Parsecs, the world happens at your crew. It, it like wears you down as you attempt to finish that one main goal, which is pay off your ship. I don't think I made this criticism of five Parsecs when I first reviewed it, but when that ship goal goes away, the game can start to feel like markedly more unstructured. Like it starts to feel a little bit meaningless because that ship debt was such a powerful driver. Now I think that issue is solved pretty cleanly in Five Leagues, which is the newer design. See, in Five Leagues, the world does not happen at you nearly as much because the world in Five Leagues is a way more static thing. And the goals in Five Leagues are goals you work towards 
while you are not getting chased off planets, which is a big deal because that world remains relatively unchanged for the whole run of the campaign. And I, I mean unchanged because it is constantly being added to. <laughs> but your your basis of operation, your towns, they will be reliably there for the most of it, so it's a very different feeling from Five Parsecs. And I think the, the end game goal of Five Leagues, which is the defeating of the threats, I think the threats are a much more long-term set of goals than the ship debt was. Like, for example, the ship debt I got in my playthrough of Five Parsecs, it wasn't the worst ship debt. Like, I've seen people roll much higher, but I've also seen people roll much lower. It took me, I think, 15 turns to pay it off? 15 campaign turns. And that's, that does translate to 15 turns of combat as well. For comparison, in 5 leagues, it took me the full 16 to 18 turns of combat to eliminate one of the threats. And that's just one. The game starts by default with three threats for you to eliminate. And the game will also occasionally roll up threats that you have not, like, uh, written down as your quote-unquote canon ones that you have to defeat. When I did my run of five leagues, I also had the scaling difficulty on, so I proceeded down the list as opposed to read, uh, as opposed to rolling it, which I think is the much better way to go. Some people might like the randomness because that's a little bit more realistic, or should I say, a little bit more evocative of the real world. But I prefer the the sense of control that the scaling difficulty gives you because you can engage when you want to, sort of. When you choose to do those raid scenarios. So, in comparison to those two, where does Weasel Tech stand? Well, it's trying to simulate, to emulate a different sort of narrative paradigm is the thing. So it does not do the spacefaring romance thing that Five Parsecs tries to go for. It does not do the dark fantasy, low fantasy, adventuring, evil vanquishing that Five Leagues tries to go for. What it does instead is try to emulate this double state story that you find in very specific kinds of mecha anime. So Macross is drawn as the most direct inspiration here. Macross and Full Metal Panic. I have not seen any Macross, but I have started watching Macross. I've started watching Macross Frontier. It's the one from 2009. It's 24 episodes, so that's very doable. And it is a very 2009 show. <laughs> I had no idea that the Centradi were giants, by the way. I was very amused by that. I don't like how they get small. I think it removes a lot of the... The dynamism of having a giant race. It removes a lot of the visual and the narrative interest. I also don't like how, how Clan Clang, when she gets small, she turns into a child. That's a little bit, I was like, oh, look, this hot giant lady. And later she turns up, she's a literal lolly, and I'm like, this is entrapment. Anyway, I'm watching Macross as research for when I do the Weasel Tech video. And you can definitely see that dichotomy, the dichotomy of the downtime and the war story. I'm not that deep in yet, so I think the better comparison would be Full Metal Alchemist, no sorry, Full Metal Panic, which I have seen in its entirety, first and second seasons, although I did that at this point I think 15 years ago, so I can barely remember it. But it does share that same sort of narrative split, 
wherein you have the bits where it's hard out military action, and you have the bits where it's pretty much slice of life. In Macross in particular, the the military aspect, as of the sixth episode, does not really bleed in to the slice of life parts at all. Because in Macross, the downtime involves this uh, this Idle B story, which is actually proving to be more interesting than uh, something like Idle Master, which is funny to me. The music is very good, by the way. Macross Frontier, six episodes in. There's been like four songs. So, getting back on topic, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm already, I almost finished a can of beer, oh my gosh. Getting back on topic, what Weasel Tech does is if you, if you run the social system, and you absolutely should, even though it says it's optional, so you'll do your game, you'll, you probably roll two of the social dice before you start your first fight, and you'll get to draw a few lines between your, your characters, and that's all well and good. You might get a few buffs going into the first uh, mission of the first operation, but once you finish, once you hit that second part, and you, you have the, your choice of personal action, and you have the two more social system roles, things might start getting a little bit more complicated. Because, like, one of these roles is, it's the reaction step of the role. It's first you roll who, to see who's going to actually interact, then based on their current relationship level, you roll on a appropriate table. If they don't have any sort of relationship yet, you just roll a reaction, right? And then sometimes it will roll an unexpected event. And the unexpected event usually does something unexpected. In my case, for turns 1 and 2, I rolled the result of 12 to 14 on my unexpected events. No, sorry, r results of 15 to 18. That is when a third character shows up and everybody reacts to everybody else. So they do a little reaction around Robin. So I, I ended up very quickly with a solid web of reactions two missions in. And I had to cold stop my campaign for a few hours there because I had to figure out a way to log all this in a way that was pleasant for me to do so. Because that, that's that's a big part of these Nordic Weasel systems, these Nordic Weasel solo systems, is you need to be able to organize your data in a way that is pleasant to you. I remember somebody posting the... Uh, the portable setup for five parsecs, that was a gorgeous setup, man. If you're the type of person who thinks that looks fun to do, you're gonna get a lot of mileage out of Nordic Weasel solo games. So yeah, my own data management of Nordic Weasel games is pretty utilitarian. I just use spreadsheets and most of the time I use tabs, which in the academic like logging world is not good practice. But it's fine in this instance. So I still do the thing where I have like everything in big bold letters. And usually in just the one list if I can manage it. But for this one I've had to resort to coloring because there is a lot of that. Like I already have three tabs. I have the campaign tab, I have the social tab, and I have the log tab. I always have the log tab so when I go into the reviews I can say okay this happened on turn 16 etc etc. Like right now, I can tell you that uh, for the first operation, we started with a committed mission, so we had to do missions A and B uh, temporally linked, so I couldn't feel the first strike team out for the second mission. So everyone got to have a go, which is good, because everyone got XP. I can tell you that Rise and Melee both got elite kills. I can tell you that Melee actually got a favorable mention, so... She's probably due a commendation soon. I can tell you that Annie Annie did a rescue on mission 2, etc, etc. 
Now, news on Discord server did mention that if I wanted to review it thoroughly, I should play on the Threat 3, I believe. Which I'm definitely going to do, because I'm going to play this on the side as I do the next couple of videos. And I want it to go in pretty far. So maybe 20 games, that seems to be my usual with these, around 20 games, ceiling. We'll see how it goes. 24 is a nice round number. 13, 12, 24, that is the magic number you're looking for in terms of a anime that might be good to watch. Any longer, it's a little bit more tricky. Now, you know what my first mecha anime was? Well, technically it was Voltus 5, but I was barely cognizant when I first watched that. I'm a full-blooded Filipino. Of course, I've seen Voltus 5. Now, my first, my formational mecha anime was Vandred, which is a Gonzo gig. It was released in 2000. I saw it when I was 11 years old, one year after it was released. It was one of the horniest shows on air at the time. Very thirsty. But it had this, like, real crisp digital art, which I think for the 2000s was a really good standard in terms of what was coming out. Like, Macross, which was a 2009, the, ones I'm, the, one, I'm, the one I'm watching, that, that can get pretty dire at 720p. I'm thinking of re-downloading it at 1080p because it's not quite as crisp as I'd like. But yeah, I have, like, rose-tinted glasses in terms of the fidelity of Vandred, but I can acknowledge, like, even just a few years after I first saw it, I could already acknowledge that it was pretty trashy. But I think that show also did a really good job of sticking to this dichotomy of downtime and military drama. Quote-unquote military drama. Vandred had uh, dogfights in space with, like, the one robot and three sporting jets, for reference. Now, I want to talk about the tabletop part as well, because the tabletop part is fun. I do like how it's been handled. I particularly like how the range is infinite, so I don't have to worry about measuring the range. If you're playing on Hexes, this can make it a lot easier. I did try the first couple games on Hexes, and then the two games after that I did with just open movement. I do prefer open movement. Like some folks have said, it does make the lasers way more skill-based and way more rewarding to play. I'm not going to explain too much of the system at this point, because I'm not super into it yet. It's only been four games. But I am going to say that I'm a fan of the activation. It's, it's going off that sort of rigged priority that the other two games have. In terms of that activation, it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's not Igo Yugo. It feels like alternating activations. However, if there are multiple enemies on the table, it will start to feel a little bit more like really staggered out I Go Yuga. But it does work in hard activation rules still, so it isn't like mentally overwhelming in the same way uh, one-page rules can be when you try to solo it. Because you'll usually just have the three mechs, and the activation is just you go with one mech, then an enemy elite goes, then you go with another mech, then a swarm and the blips goes, and then you go with your third mech, and then you wrap up the round. It's very tight, it's very easy to remember. There's three weapon types, and all of the weapon types behave a little bit differently. You got your MGs, your machine guns, which also cover autocannons, you got your rockets, and you got your lasers. All of them are infinite range, but the machine guns work better at short range. The machine guns are better at clearing groups of units, but they also jam. Your lasers are good for just, like, bot shots at really long distance. And if you line up your shot, you can hit multiple things at once. 
And the missiles are kind of like machine guns, but they don't jam. They just have their unmodified to hit from any range, but they are balanced out by the fact that they have ammunition. And for each of the shooting types, you will have a different armor value. Well, rather, you will have a different defensive value. For the machine gun type, you don't have a defensive value. You rely on the guy missing. For the lasers, you have your screen value, which turns into your sort of target number. You need to roll over the screen value to hit with a laser. The beams, the BEMs, as the, the Discord server calls them. And then the missiles are defended by the intercept value. The intercept value is just a quantity of dice rolled, looking for four ups, canceling out any missiles before they even get to shoot. It's it's interesting. It's a very different rolling pattern to what I'm used to. So it can make it a bit hard to acclimatize to, but once you are good, you are good. It's a snappy system. Tends to be the case for these Nordic Weasel systems. Because they're, they're really simple when you get your heads around them. It's one, two roll resolution, a very limited number of d6s. Really simple arithmetic. Uh, the meat of the game, as usual, will lie within the interactions of the tabletop phase and the in-between phase downtime. And in this case, the downtime is extremely chunky. I'd say it doesn't give you as much decisions to make as Five Leagues does. Five Leagues gives you so many decisions to make, man. That, that is open-world tabletop gaming, Five Leagues, by the way. But Weasel Tech does sort of hit you with way more information. And it is the kind of information that can generate a very different kind of narrative. This is What it generates here is an interpersonal narrative. Checking Google to see if I'm using the right word here. Yeah, it's an interpersonal narrative. It's to do squarely with your characters interacting with each other. Five Parsecs did that to an extent. I'm not sure if Five Leagues tries for it as much, but man, the extent to which Weasel Tech does it is it's pretty cool. Yeah, when I do a video of this, it and Five Leagues both, it's they're both going in the bloody you won't believe this war game series. That's, that's probably going to be the pattern for most Nordic Weasel games, because frankly, there's nothing like them in most cases. It's just a case of me just very much agreeing with what Ivan is doing most of the time as well. But I do, however, yeah, I have a few criticisms here, and it's going to be pertinent to all three. And it's going to be pertinent, my gosh, to all three of the solo games that I've played so far. It's to do with the layout, and it's not to do with the visuals of the layout. The visuals are fine, they're functional. They ain't fancy, but that's not the point. What I mean is, the flow of the rules requires an awful lot of flipping back and forth. I think the most egregious in terms of this is when you're playing through the round, and of course you're checking the turn sequence, and even when you have the turn sequence in your head, when you get to the enemies, you sort of just want all their rules on one page, right? But the enemy shooting rules are in the shooting section, the enemy damage rules are in the damage section, their movement rules are in the movement section, their generation rules are 
below the equipment lists. The generation rules are like the second and the last, no, the second or the last step of the turn. This is a very important step. It defines how your scenario goes. And I feel like it shouldn't be below mech types. I think all these things should be consolidated into like two or three pages for easy reference. And this was something I found myself doing for five leagues as well. And just this afternoon, I saw some people on the server making the same criticism where and you have to flip back and forth because the rules aren't chronologically congruent with the flow of the game. Now, this can be fixed somewhat with like page references, but I do think just the layout. The, the, the flow of the layout is the best way to address it. I can't give you like straight up recommendations even in terms of what I would do for layout because I need to sink a few hours into figuring that out myself. But yeah, it can make for quite a busy reading experience. Like I am very close, especially for Weasel Tech because Weasel Tech takes a lot of flipping back and forth, dude. I am very close to writing my own uh, quick reference for it. Just like in my words as I interpret it. Because this is a solo game. Uh, the second criticism that I have would be for enemy generation. Now this one's, uh, this one's a pretty surface level one. I think when in terms of the swarms... Yeah, let's do the swarms first. So the swarms, you generate the model of them, then you generate what weapons they have, right? I think you could have gone with consolidated model plus weapon here, just to make it a little bit easier. And also you can, people can like model the Sparrow, for example, if you make it so the Sparrow always has missiles. And and if it always has missiles, then that'll make it quite a potent range threat. You could have made the Parakeet always have machine guns, because it has a 7-inch movement and it's one of the toughest uh, swarm models out there. So the parakeet could, like, given the AI, if you spend too long in cover, those suckers will zoom right at you with their 7-inch move. And when you do engage them, you're risking some very dangerous return fire because they're wielding MGs. If you've played, and this will be quite a deep cut, if you played Bionic Jews, which is a video game by Arcane Games on Steam, the structure, the conceit of that game is that you are, it's a roguelike, right? It's a roguelite, and all of your enemies have a predetermined behavior. Movement behavior, shooting behavior, engagement behavior. And individually, they're all very simple, right? But when they come at you in a group, then suddenly the programming puzzle gets way more complex. And I think that sort of engagement paradigm could have been implemented here. And also, and this is the crew of it, if you were ever to order STLs made for Weasel Tech, you could very easily say, okay, make me one of the Sparrow, it's the one with the missiles, or make me the one with the parakeet, it's the fast one with the machine guns. And in terms of modeling as well, people will always have their interpretation of the parakeet. If they just had, like, the guns attached, as opposed to rolled for. That is a super personal criticism. And it's definitely something I'm going to try and house rule for when I'm in the middle of my campaign. Because, and this is again tied to this 
like the the structure of how you've made the enemies you could also have made it so we could make uh like factions and if you you had the the enemy types have static weapons you could say that okay this faction has three slots and it has this and this and this and when you're fighting it you draw from there it expedites the scenario generation right so when you're going and you don't roll at the start whenever you generate something you know what's gonna come if you're fighting like say i made a faction for the laser cultists you know they're gonna bring stuff with lots of lasers etc that's just an example but yeah this is like some super dorky design criticism if I ever make like faction mods, that's probably something I'm gonna try and cook up. Okay, and then here's the second half of the criticism for the for the bloody enemies. Pardon this if this is going a while. This beer is hitting hard, man. I'm, I'm hungry and I drank, that's why. But yeah, for the second part of the criticism, uh now that I'm thinking about it, maybe nah nah. I think the the, the elites are fine. The elites are fine rolling up their own weapons because they're elites. Although if I were to make up like faction rules for myself, for the use of others, if they wanted to, I'd maybe write up the elites to have, like, uh, rigged weapons, depending on the faction. Again, super niche criticism, super dorky criticism. Don't gotta take them in board, it's just what I think. And I do believe I need to wrap up soon, because I have gone on for a while now. Yeesh, yeah, I've gone on for ages. Um... I'm only a little bit drunk, but this feels, yeah, yeah, it's a very good buzz. I am very excited to play more of Weasel Tech. Very excited to put out the Five Leagues videos as well. It's going to be a lineup of uh, Weasel games from this point, I think. Up until the Forbidden Psalm Last War book comes out. I'll do a little bit of coverage of that. Ah, I don't know if I want to do Ash Barker's one. I'll probably do a podcast for that one instead. I haven't even bought it yet. I'm gonna do an Infinity one relatively soon. I'm gonna like read the book because I don't remember Infinity. That system falls out of your head. I just know that I am a big fan of it. And that I do not want to play it again at the time. Depends on how how much they've trimmed down their frankly quite bloated system. But yes, my name is Cementsal. This is the Cementsal podcast. Probably one of the longer ones looking at the timestamp currently. Thank you very much for tuning in. Until next time.